So I was going to talk about that. And sure. Welcome to the Ideal Network Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Darlene Sartori and Peter Mingles. Make sure you check us out by clicking on the Ideal Network Radio Show link on buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. The short version of the word ideal in Ideal Network stands for I do everything around life, love, liberty, and laughter. And there's much more. Thanks for listening in and share this with the people that are most important to you. Now on to our show with Darlene Sartori and Peter Mingles. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. For those people that might be unfamiliar with my voice, my name is Peter Mingles. We started Building Fortunes Radio a long time ago. And um, I was looking for guest hosts. I called up Darlene Sartori, who was a customer of ours, and I always had a huge level of respect for Darlene. She was building home-based businesses and doing her thing with the Ideal Network. And I said, you know, listen, it'd be really great for people to have some exposure to you. So this way, if they're looking for some of the things that you're working on, which are usually pretty, you know, vast, um, they could, you know, contact you and we can kind of help a lot of people that are looking for good mentorship. So we've been doing this radio show on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. That would be 4 p.m. Central Time for many, many, many years. And almost all the time we do them live. Sometimes life gets in the way. We do them uh, as a replay, but always at this time slot you'll be able to hear something on Building Forces Radio for the Ideal Network. So, Darlene, if you were just listening in, for those people that were uh, here, we were just closing up a conversation when we first got started, so we were kind of talking over the introduction. So I want to say thanks, Darlene, for being here, and we'll continue the conversation with the people on the air. So back to you. Thank you, Peter. Uh, Like I mentioned, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge for me to get through because this is the first time that I've spoken about it publicly um, uh, and um, I a very dear friend of mine we called ourselves often called ourselves the two old women um, apparently we she was found dead in her home on the 21st of November along with her dog, Trixie. And apparently she had been dead in her bed since probably the last that anybody talked with her in our insider group was on the 12th. And um, so this is a traumatic time for for us to have somebody that was very, very close. She was like a partner with me in so many things that we did with the Arantia Foundation and the Arantia Papers. We studied the Arantia Papers. Uh, She and I were in the same groups, at least three groups during each week that we would meet up and talk about and learn through the lessons from the Arantia Papers. And fortunately, it was, um, you know, we started noticing Wacom Linda's not here. Um, And this dynamic of, um, uh, you know, I was going through so much myself with other things, helping people that 
with the jail with the jail program, people that had locally been arrested, didn't have anybody to help them, all of these types of things. And I start I started last week getting extremely um, teary, depressed. Um, just just I just didn't feel. I felt out of sorts. I I seemed like all I could do was cry. Um, and I just really felt very um, disorientated. And I couldn't figure out why. I couldn't figure out why until I got a call one night from another person that we work with on Zoom and et cetera, the very close. And she said, have you heard about Linda May? And I said, what? And she said, you haven't heard. You see, I only live 20 miles from her or less than that. I said, she said, are you sitting down on something like that? And I said, tell me what's wrong. Because Linda had been sick, and I just figured, well, you know, something, you know. But, but she said they found Linda May dead in her home, and apparently she's in it. So she kind of told me what she had found from somebody who was one of our Zoom partners had remembered that Linda had mentioned a neighbor by name um, in one of her past uh, events or whatever. And anyway, he was really good about keeping notes and et cetera, and he started going back through his notes looking for the name of the um, the friend. He found it, made calls, tracked this neighbor down, and she went next door and found her. So this is very traumatic for me. Not only I'm, I, I'm celebrating her life. She was more than ready to, to graduate from this planet. We often talk about, um, you know, that death is no big deal. It's the dying process that sucks. Because for the last year, she has been in excruciating pain. pain. And the only time that she really got any relief was sitting on the, at the computer talking to us on Zoom. We had made a, an arrangement to get together the first part of of, of November because we hadn't actually physically got together since uh, my eyesight problem happened in uh, Thanksgiving of last year. And so I didn't drive down there often because my eyes, I just did I don't like to go very far uh, because my eyes bother me so much in driving. But we had made an arrangement to meet up at our favorite place, which was the Merry-Go-Round uh, restaurant in uh, in Evansville, Indiana, which is only a few blocks from, uh, or a few roads from Virginia Street, where she lived in, in uh, Evansville. Um, and both of us just didn't feel up to it that day. So we... Um, we said, you know, jokingly, we'll catch up with each other, and you know, soon. So um, anyway, the days went by, and 
anyway, so I'm just trying to share with you some things because what's happening in our world today is people are not checking on each other. Thanksgiving a year ago, I've spoken of this before, I, uh, there, the electricity was out at my daughter's home uh, in, uh, and the entire city of Francisco and Oakland City was without power from about 9 a.m. to about 3 p.m. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's Thanksgiving Day. You know, well, you know, so anyway, I went ahead and, you know, went on over and, and we, we're, everybody in our family is uh, on with the, her and her kids and et cetera are very much uh, survivalists. So they had all the cooking equipment, et cetera, set up outside, and they had, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, inside, you know, they'd already had candles by the time I'd gotten there. But um, anyway, I took some candles too. And But uh, anyway, we sat in the most almost dark from about um, 3 o'clock or until about 3 o'clock when suddenly the lights flashed on. And about a half hour later, I was feeling so sick, and my eyes were bothering me. And I just, you know, I, I my son, the doctor, was there anyway. I, Mom, you need to go on home and and rest. You probably just overdid it, and etc. Um, and you know, so anyway, I did. And when I got to get into town, uh, which is a, you know a few miles away. Uh, there was a fork in the road, and I kind of asked myself, do I need to go to the emergency room, or do I need to go home? Well, that's the last I consciously remember until Sunday morning. So this is Thursday afternoon until Sunday morning when I woke up, and that's a, I have no memory of what happened during that time. Well, nobody checked on me to even see if I got home safe. And I always typed text to my family when I was away from home or whatever that got home safe. Now, anyway, to make a very long story short, the entire year, this has been the worst year of my entire life. It has been one challenge after the other. It has been one disaster after another. But for somehow, I have found the strength to keep going on. And, but this past week, or last week, I didn't do a show. We did a rerun because I just kept crying. That I had, there was just, I don't know why I was sad. I had no clue. And I've been fighting that for, for, for quite a while. This month has been very traumatic for me. Uh, and, and now I know why. Is my friend's spirit was reaching out to me. Um, anyway, so I'm trying to figure out what to do. So when I... Um, I made. I finally made contact with her family, with a, one of her family members, a cousin, and um, because we didn't know, you know, uh, 
who are her family direct connections, but anyway, we ended up finding uh, a cousin in Kentucky, um, and uh, and then I reached out to him, and um, and then uh, him and his wife, and then they helped to to they reached out to the uh, to the coroner's office and et cetera, et cetera. So this past weekend, um, we made the first. Uh, trip um they the, the family should they had gotten they they been after i talked with them they'd gotten into the house where her home was they got in there and took a look around at it um and of course linda and me uh have a real problem we're called pack rats we can't throw anything away and we also have a huge huge libraries of books um so anyway, in talking with the family, it was agreed that um, they would donate all of the books that were um, Linda's to us, uh, and uh, if we would come and get them and, and start and etc. And then be able to see what else is there that uh, you know, uh, and decide what to do. Um, so anyway, we made the first two loads in our. Uh, at my SUV and John and Tegan's van Sunday um, or was it Saturday I don't even remember anymore <laughs> um, and uh, the um, the dynamic was um, no wait a minute it wasn't Sunday it was Monday because I had an appointment to see the Francisco school, okay, and then I would drive down and meet up at Linda's house with her cousin, and I would get the first load or, you know, see what needed to be done, what it was going to take, and et cetera. Well, by the time I got down there, it was 3 o'clock, and, of course, it gets dark very early, So we and uh, my friend Tegan and John, had uh, driven their van and met me there, and so we were able to back, pack up all of we our entire as much as we could get of books. Of course, that's just making a dent in it. So one of the books that uh, when I got there, uh, of course, I went directly to where I know she her um, uh, she always did her Zoom for uh, broadcast from her kitchen. Well, laying there on the kitchen table or on the table by her desk there on the kitchen table part there was a book that her and I shared often, and it's called Two Old Women, An Alaska Legend of Betrayal, Courage, and Survival. And it's written by Velma, V-E-L-M-A, Wallace, W-A-L-L-I-S. And it's a story of Alaskan uh, tribe and their decision, because the weather was getting so bad, and they traveled from one area to the other area, um, and they decided that it was getting it was just getting too hard for the elders that couldn't pull their own weight and walk through the snow on their own um, and uh, et cetera, that they were going to leave the oldest 
elders and those who were not healthy behind this time. Well, according to legend, this was kind of uh, something that was normally or often done among tribes in the um, Alaska, Canadian, and etc. area where it's extremely, extremely cold. And uh, these two old women were selected to be left behind. Um, and um, the grandson of one of the women slipped his hatchet out of his pouch secretly and hid it in the briars across from where the women were being left. So all they had was their will to live and a hatchet. And so the story goes to along the line of they decided to try to walk until they dropped. And they started walking. And they started walking. And they finally found shelter, a place to, to stay, um, and survive the winter. And then when the winter got over, they started planting, harvesting food, planting food, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They were they were by the fish, by the pond. They got they were by the stream so they could catch fish, and um, and so they learned how to survive and thrive with the hatchet, being able to keep a fire going, uh, and all of these things that uh, they finally were able to survive and thrive. And then the, the story goes that. This tribe came back through that way, hungry and dying and et cetera, and these two old women saved the village, the tribe. So, in other words, betrayal, courage, and survival, and then they helped other people survive. So that's what I feel about myself right now, is Linda and I often, you know, talked about you know, what we were going to do, but neither one of us really made the preparations that we should have. So my story is going to be today about what I'm doing is taking and making the changes. Today I created a proposal uh, for the Francisco School that was shut down uh, last uh, last year, at the end of last year, it's a small town school, and I toured the school on Monday, and it is just the golden opportunity for exactly what we would like to do in every community. But I had put that on the back burner because I decided to do the chaplain's course first. Well, anyway, I did present... Uh, my proposal uh, to um, the superintendent uh, of East Gibson Corporation uh, today. I would like, and I know they're not going to be able, uh, it'll be a miracle, let's put it this way. Miracles do happen, so I'm praying for a miracle. 
because I would like to be able to take her books and move them directly, Linda's books, and move them directly to uh, that school for the library. Okay, and then we can sort them and et cetera there. And then we can start having meetings. I can set up an office there. And then I can start having meetings there to find out what does the community want to do with this school. Well, one of the things that I propose is that we put a child care and an elder care facility there 24-7, seven days a week, uh, and plus a preschool there for those who do not have a preschool that they can go to. In other words, that would be with walking within walking distance or whatever. Plus, uh, we can do a lot of other things from there. We can do the chaplain's course. We can do vocational training programs that are not offered in the community. So we can offer services. And one of the services that we'll offer is a 24-7 conferencing system that's open 24-7. We've already started that here. We started that and, uh, a couple months ago. But um, then somebody else took over on a Friday night on a Zoom one. And so it's like sometimes when I mention doing something, somebody else jumps out ahead of me and then the whole process doesn't get put together because they don't have the whole picture. So I have to figure a way that I can present this information of how we can save this planet from all of the evil so that we can live free from evil. And you know I talked about Outwitting the Devil is the first book. Um, I think now instead I'm going to put the Two Old Women book as the first book in the chaplain's course. Because I think that we need to have the will to survive first before you will do the work that's required to get the education you need in order to survive and thrive. So I just wanted to tell you why I didn't do my course last, uh, my session last week. Um, and so if you want to get a hold of me, I'm going to give this out first, and I'm going to ask Peter to share with me what he was about to share. Uh, he said if I you know, couldn't get through, he would share it, so he'll have a couple minutes to have that. So you can get a hold of me at 812-664-7419. Again, 812-664-7419. Um, and uh, Ideal Ads Network dot com is where um, you can get a free ad from us. So idealadsnetwork.com. And we're offering to those who are willing to work with us free advertising on that page so we know who is doing what where. So Peter, you want to share with us in the last few minutes what you were going to share with me? Sure. So this is Totally separate topic, but I was looking for something. A friend of mine was talking about AI and some of the dangers of AI, and there's some interviews that I sent to her from YouTube that had some information about AI. And when I was looking for that, you know, there's something I call the LSSF. I'm sorry, LS, looking for something, LSFSWB concept, 
which is I was looking for something, I found something else, and that something else was way better. So when I was looking for the stuff, I sent her the videos that I would refer. And then I found one that Glenn Beck did with the owner of Ancestry.com. Now, Ancestry.com is, you know, probably right up your alley anyway. Uh, yeah, I have, I have a genealogy on there. Yep, because what they do is they have like millions and millions and millions of people and their relatives, and they can go track whoever. But the owner of Ancestry.com um, is Paul Allen, and Paul Allen said this very quick story. He said, I was voting, and I try to be as responsible as I can, and I was voting locally, and it was asking me to make a decision about a couple of people. And I didn't know anything about these people. I'm voting for people that I don't know anything about. And that's very irresponsible of me. I thought I was kind of informed. And um, and he said, even if I knew them, maybe, you know, I, I shook their hand or maybe I donated a little bit of money, but I don't know what they're doing. So just because they shook, just because they knocked on my door, I met them at an event, um, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm responsibly voting. I really want to know what they say at their meetings. So he is developing something called citizenportal.ai, citizen singular portal.ai. And what it does is all of the government meetings are recorded, meaning videotaped, or many of them are, almost all. And then due to technology, they can do a transcription from the audio in that video. So he figured out how to artificially be able to comb through all of the audios on all of the meetings, on all of the locations in the county, the state, and the federal government. So if you wanted to see what was going on with ESG in Palm Coast, Florida, which is where I am, you can go to citizenportal.ai, set up an account, it's free, and you can go look. And you can search by county if you don't need everything from all across the world, or the country rather. And it was just flat out amazing. So it gave opportunities for people to see what happens behind the scenes for people that are actively involved in what's going on in their government. So whether it's, you know, uh, wastewater uh, in your county, you can see all of the meetings that ever mentioned wastewater in your county. If you if you were looking for, you know, humane society or, you know, whatever, I mean, pick the topic, you can go look. And it was just phenomenal. So for the key points of this is, this is artificial intelligence working on your behalf, and it ensures the maximum level of transparency because now you can see what your government is actually doing. Whereas a lot of times your government does things in the dark or behind the curtain. And now the curtains are being revealed. So if you go to um, peter.news, that's my domain name. So peter.news and you look for something on citizens dot, uh, citizenportal.ai, you'll be able to look for the headlines that have this, and they have the Glenn Beck interview, and it also has the Citizens Portal interview as well. So it's all really great stuff. And um, I, I, I thought about you instantly, Darlene, because you're always doing stuff with the government and, the, you know, the local meetings and everything from, you know, home ownership to 
zoning to anything, you can find it on that website. So back to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I'm going to be there. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I've not even checked anything uh, for the last few days. So thank you for that. Because that's going to be right up my alley. I'm, and this is going to feel. This is going to help me to re-energize and get going. Another book that uh, was in Linda's right on Linda's desk there was th- the Three Keys to Self Empowerment by Stuart Wild. S T U A R T W I L D E. And I am. Um, uh, um, it, it says at the bottom, it includes the full text of Stewart's best-selling books, Miracles, Life Was Never Meant to Be a Struggle, and Silent Power. I did, this is not a, an author that I'm aware of yet, uh, that I'm familiar with, but she has tabs in here. And, of course, you know, anything that Linda was working with and et cetera. So I've got the two books. Uh, that I'm going, this is going to be the next book that I'm reading of hers because, like I said, she knew that her life was going to be short. You know, she knew that she was struggling to live um, and she was ready to go. And that's what all of us need to be, is get your affairs in line. Don't wait to be found dead and leave it all to your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to take care of. So AI is going to make a lot of things better, but it's also very dangerous too. So we have to be careful who we trust. So the first thing you do is build a team of people you can trust to carry on what you are doing. Do not Leave it undone. Back to you, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday next week. Yep, we'll see everybody Wednesday of next week, and um, thanks for sharing those um, personal examples and personal stories. We'll see everybody next week on Building Fortunes Radio. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to the Ideal Network Radio Show on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website to hear more segments with Darlene Sartori and Peter Mingle. Darlene encourages everyone to join the Ideal Network so you can say, I live the ideal life, where I do everything around life, love, liberty, and laughter. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. Darlene, Peter, and I want to say thanks for listening and ask you to spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.